This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChompaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 359 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here, March 9th, 2023. Got a good amount of stuff to talk about today. Aaron Judge, details there, going back about his offseason free agency. Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece uh, and mentioned a lot about the San Diego Padres and their last-minute meeting and attempt to bring Aaron Judge to the Padres, so we can get into that. Uh, I did want to start with the Padres' spring training action today, and I say action because it wasn't just the spring training game that they played in Cleveland, which was not on TV. It was also the backfield action. And that was the big news of the day was what happened on that backfield. And Shane Bieber was throwing 
for the Guardians in that backfield game. Even though they were playing a home game at their stadium, he went to Peoria and faced guys like Juan Soto, Adam Engel. That's good news for Padres fans. Adam Engel, he is playing in backfield games. I don't know if this was his first backfield game of the spring, but he's been battling that calf issue. But he played center field today, so that is good. Juan Soto played backfield game against the Guardians B team. Today with Shane Bieber on the mound. He played left field. He ran the bases. Um, he stole second base after his second walk. So two walks. I think that he scored a run too. I, I want to say I saw that on social media somewhere. I apologize. It was either, I think, Kevin AC or Sam Levitt, one of those two who tweeted that out. Um, but So it looks like it, it was a productive day for Soto. Another step in the right direction for him getting the approval of the Padres to go play in the World Baseball Classic. Um, the plan was for him to play in this backfield game, and that would clear him, and then he'd be able to leave tomorrow, on Friday, to leave to Miami and be ready to join Team DR and play in DR's first pool play game. Pool play? Yeah, first pool play game. I thought I said play pool. His, he'll be ready to play. He should be on Saturday in DR's first pool play game, um, along with Manny and the rest of that stacked Dominican Republic team. So that is good. Looks like his calf is 100%. He said that earlier this week. But, you know, players, sometimes they don't totally tell the truth. It's more about what they do on the field, right? But good news there. Um, if we go to the Padres' actual Cactus League game today, which was played in Goodyear at the the Guardians complex. Michael Waka got his first start in Cactus League games. He's been thrown on backfields, uh, throwing in bullpen sessions, but this was his first Cactus League game for the Padres. He went three innings, did not give up a run. Josh Hader pitched in this game, one inning, no runs. Suarez pitched an inning, no runs. Uh, so that's good. That's really the news on the the pitching side of things on what happened today. I, I can't really expand on what happened today because all we had available to us was the audio feeds on MLB.com. And when I went to go listen to the game in the top of the first, they were playing Coach Contreras show and some caller was talking for like two minutes. And I'm like, that's not what I'm here for. Uh, I'm here to listen to the game. I wasn't on Odyssey app. I was on the MLB app, and for some reason, that show was playing. So that kind of sucked. And that, so Jesse Tony came on bottom first. So I listened to it from there on. Um, they do a great job at describing what's going on. Uh, real, you know, Padres fans, like, I don't need to tell you that. You know, Jesse and Tony are great. Uh, but when there's literally no visual aspect of it, it is nice to hear their voices and kind of try to imagine what's happening on the field. But it all brings me back to why are, and why is these games just being on MLB.com audio feeds? You can't put a webcast out there. I was listening to the broadcast and Jesse was saying that there were there was a video production crew there. Padres, I think, video production crew there in Goodyear. And they were posting highlights, the Jose Zocar home run. They posted that. It's like, so if you can do that, why can't you live stream the game? 
and then just clip highlights from that. You know, that doesn't make a whole lot, a lot of sense to me. Like, don't you want your fans to be able to watch these games? Guess not. I understand not having Don and Mud do every game, but to, or if we have to do the only watch the simulcast, the Guardians version, because they're the home team, like I understand that stuff, but to not have it on at all, like not available on any team's feeds, just audio for a spring training game, I don't, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's not a backfield game. Like it's a spring training Cactus League game, and these aren't viewable sometimes. Tomorrow's game against the Royals, not viewable. It's on audio again, MLB.com. So I hope Major League Baseball, I hope the Padres, if they can control that, hopefully they can change that in future years because this is the most anticipated Padres season in its history. And I think going into next year, it will probably be just as anticipated, at least as anticipated among the fan base. And they're going to want to watch. We want as much Padres content as we can get, right? So hopefully I'm not alone in that. Uh, David Dahl. He had an RBI today. He's hitting 310 this spring. Azokar, I talked about the home run. He's hitting 333 this spring. Tim Lopes, I want to give him a quick shout out. He's hitting like over 400, and he's playing a lot of games for the Padres this spring. I want to throw his name into the mix as a bench infield spot. I think he's going to be in El Paso. I don't think he's going to be on the roster. I think Brandon Dixon has the advantage because he can play the outfield along with the infield. But Lopes, he is playing really well. I'd probably put him ahead of Rugnet Odor right now on the chances to make the roster. Maybe beat writers would say, no, I'll put Odor ahead of Lopes. Uh, but based on performance, I'm putting Lopes ahead of Odor. And I, Odor has not had the amount of games played this spring as Lopes, but I like what I'm seeing out of Tim Lopes. I, I, I had not seen him play a lot because he was playing in minor league games, right? And I don't watch minor league games consistently. And I'm not really paying attention to guys that aren't like top prospects in the farm system, really. So it's been cool seeing him play. Odor, I understand fans will probably say, no, that he has a better chance. He probably still does have a better chance. But if I was the manager, I would think that Lopes has a better chance right now because he's playing better. And Odor just was signed with the Padres. And it's limited versatility. He's older than Lopes, I think. Uh, now, the advantage for Odor is he is a lefty, and Lopes, I believe, is a righty. But, I mean, do the Padres, do they need a left-handed bench infielder when they're going to, they're probably planning on bringing in a righty Brandon Dixon to be that bench infield outfield guy. So I don't know how much that matters. I think it should be based off of performance. In the outfield, you probably want a left right. But just for one bench infielder, like one someone has to it's, it's either a righty or a lefty. So, we'll see what happens there. I think that Dixon still makes the roster as that bench infielder. Uh but I just wanted to give some props there to Tim Lopes cuz he's been having a Pretty darn good spring training. All right. Anything else from that spring training game? I don't think so. 
As I touched on, Hader one inning, Suarez one inning, both did not give up any runs. Yeah, I agree, Alex. Padres, they have cameras rolling through the game. Shames, they can't just stream it. I'm not asking for scores on the screen. I just want to see them. Yeah, I mean, I don't even need the score on the, the screen. Like, act like it's a high school game and just shoot the video. That's better than nothing. So I agree. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Kent Rosenthal. So his, well, Aaron Judge, but Ken Rosenthal, he wrote a piece in The Athletic today, and it was in-depth about Aaron Judge's free agent process. He obviously went back with the Yankees, nine years, $360 million. But the Padres, they offered way more than that. And Aaron Judge was set back, set aback, or whatever phrase he used in the article. Like, I guess he was surprised by that. Aaron Judge going into free agency, he was expecting, or at least his agents were expecting, over $400 million to be, like, not surprising. Like, that was the expected amount from Judge's side of things. That's what he thought he was going to get. And that didn't happen in free agency. Obviously, the Yankees, if you read the article, I think it was like eight years, $320 million was where the Yankees were for the majority of this process. And they didn't want to budge from that. But then as it got late, late, late into this process and after judgment with the Padres, then that's when Hal Steinbrenner, the Yankees owner, then went and extended to nine years, 360, instead of eight years, 320, needed that ninth year. Uh, and reports, there were reports leading up to that, that he wanted that ninth year. And he got it. So, uh, but to the Padres part. So, Ken Rosenthal says here, the Padres offered at least 12 years, $400 million to Aaron Judge. I think John Heyman said earlier this offseason that the Padres were willing to give him like 414, 415, something like that. It was more than just 400, but at least 400 million, 12 years. The AAV obviously would have been over $30 million a year. And that guarantee that the Padres were offering Judge would have been nearly $100 million more than what the Yankees gave Judge. So there was a, that's a pretty big gap there. That's a, that's a lot more money that the Padres were offering to Aaron Judge. But Aaron Judge, he always wanted to be back with the Yankees. I think Padres fans got to understand that. I think baseball fans in general have to understand that. You don't have to be mad at Judge for not picking the Padres. I think Dodger fans, they like to try to get under Padre fans' skin and say, no one wants to go to the Padres. Look, Trey Turner turned down $342 million. Aaron Judge turned down $400 plus mil. They don't want to come here. But that's not true. Trey Turner always wanted to be on the East Coast. Aaron Judge always wanted to be with the Yankees. Sander Bogarts, he was offered 280 from the Padres. He took it. Manny in 2019 was offered 300 from the Padres and took it. Those are some pretty darn good players that want to be here. Manny just signed another long-term deal. He wouldn't have signed a long-term deal just for the money. I don't think. Like He sees that the Padres are trying to win, that they're, they're in a great position to win for a long time, be a contender consistently year in, year out. So, no, players do want to come to the Padres. Judge and Turner, those were just unique cases where they didn't just come for the money. They didn't just come because, oh, it's a contending team and they're offering a lot of money. 
No, they went to teams that are contenders as well, and they just preferred going to those destinations before their free agency even started. Like, that was widely reported. But some details here. So, Judge, he took the Padres' private jet. Padres paid for it. To San Diego from Tampa Bay, he was doing some, he was at a Monday night football game in Tampa. He took the jet to San Diego. He, his agents ordered in and out for him and had a three-hour meeting at Petco Park with Peter Seidler, A.J. Preller, Josh Stein, and Bob Melvin. There might have been some more Padres employees there, but those are the guys that were listed in Ken Rosenthal's article here. And I can actually kind of add to this a little bit. I was at the winter meetings, and I saw Josh Stein leave the hotel that day and walk towards the direction of Petco because the Grand Hyatt, it's a long way from Petco. I didn't know if he was going to Petco or if he was just going to a restaurant somewhere else. Um, he was obviously going somewhere. He had a backpack on, I believe. So he was probably going to Petco to go prepare for this meeting. Judge arrived in late afternoon, and the meeting happened, it seems like, at night for a few hours, secret meeting. Judge, he, he and his wife, Samantha, uh, toured the clubhouse, the batting cages, the weight room, and Preller said, told Ken Rosenthal, I thought the meeting went well, but that evening he flew out. So what that tells me is the Padres, they wanted to try. Hey, why not, right? Shoot your shot. It, you know, you, you can't make it unless you try. So they tried. They put the best offer in front of him. I don't know if, it, according to reports, they didn't like put an offer right in front of him then, but they were willing to go over $400 million and at least 12 years, according to this report. And judges' agents, it, it was said in this article that they were going to re-engage with the Padres and the Giants the next day if this didn't have a resolution. But Judge, after this meeting, he, as he was about to get on a, a plane to go to Stockton to, I think, drop off his dog or something before he and his wife went to uh, Maui, I think, for vacation. Because this San Diego stop, remember, this was not planned. This was just immediate. Like, the Padres, they were serious about Judge. They got in there, and Judge's agents were like, you need a face-to-face -face meeting then if you're, actual, if you're actually serious about this. And they took it. And so this was just, it, it just happened at the last moment. So Judge, before he gets on the plane to go to, I think, Stockton or Sacramento, wherever, he tells his agents, I want to go back to the Yankees. And then at 3 a.m. the following morning, so I guess technically that night, is when Hal Steinbrenner and Aaron Judge had that conversation Al Steinbrenner asked Judge if he wanted to remain a Yankee. Judge said yes. They got the deal done, stretched it from eight years to nine years, to th from 320 to 360, and that's what got it done. The Padres, they were willing to go over $400 million. That was, that's a lot more money than what the Yankees were willing to go to. So you, you can't be mad at the Padres. Judge, you can't, I don't think you can be mad at Judge. He always wanted to be with the Yankees. It's, not, it's nothing against the Giants. I think he would say this. Nothing against the Giants. Nothing against the Padres, nothing against any other team that maybe had some level of interest in him. He always wanted to be with the Yankees. And he was willing to take less money for it. And that's what happened. Uh, I, I actually applaud that for Aaron Judge. Like, I would have loved to have Aaron Judge on the team. 
But I love having Sander Bogarts on the team. And I know this team's a contender even without Aaron Judge. But I applaud Aaron Judge for being loyal, having those same small agents that he had when he first got drafted. Or I think when he was a junior at Fresno State before the draft, he had that agent. And he stuck with them. He didn't go to Boris or to another bigger agency. He stuck with that. He stuck with the Yankees. So I love loyalty. And um, so I applaud Judge for that. Judge is not a, he's not a guy that I feel like many fans hate. Like, how can you hate Aaron Judge? The only way you can hate him is if he hits bombs off your team. Right? And he seems like a really, really great guy. Uh, so that's the Padres part of it. Now, what does this offer mean for Juan Soto? I think that's the question coming from this Ken Rosenthal article. Aaron Judge, Padres are willing to go over $400 million, at least 12 years. So Juan Soto's seeing this, Scott Boris is seeing this and saying, hmm, you were willing to give Aaron Judge over $400 million. And he's older than I'm going to be when I'm a free agent. So you better be willing to give that to me. I think this is good news for Soto. It's good news for Padres fans as well. Because the Padres, they're obviously willing to give over $400 million to a superstar. And Juan Soto fits that description. Now, I know Padres fans could say, well, they just gave 280 to Bogarts. Maybe they won't sign Soto because they gave 280 to Bogarts because they didn't get Judge. And maybe the Padres are screwed now. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as Peter Seidler, he's okay with losing money. He wants to win. And he knows Juan Soto is a heck of a baseball player. He's one of the best players in baseball. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. He had over $400 million for a guy that he just met that night at Petco Park, right? Soto's going to be in the organization for two and a half years if he goes to free agency or at the end of that deal and they try to get a deal done then. Two and a half years with the Padres. He'll know Juan Soto. And I think as time goes on, he'll like Juan Soto even more than he does now. Just like it seems like that has happened with Manny, right? And that relationship was big in that, that Manny extension happening. So we know Scyther has the money. Manny, I don't think the Manny contract precludes the Padres from going and getting, bringing back Juan Soto, extending him, bring, giving him a huge contract because they were planning on extending Manny Machado anyway. They were planning on giving him over $300 million anyway. The Padres, they, A.J. Prowler works his butt off. He doesn't sleep. Peter Seidler, there's been stories written about him having midnight walks. Like, they plan for any scenario possible and they plan for the future and future contracts and what's our priority going to be in 2024 what players are do we need to be having in mind for the decisions we're making now like little stuff like that so this was always in the plans the padres they're willing to we know plenty of examples they're willing to pay money to superstars so they can afford juan soto to me it's just a matter of do they extend him? And does Juan Soto want to remain a Padre? Those, those are the questions. If Soto wants to remain a Padre, then he's going to remain a Padre because I think the Padres are going to get a deal done. The only way maybe that doesn't happen is 
if the Padres say, well, should we risk losing Soto? What about let's go get Otani? Now, Otani's not a guarantee to happen next offseason, but we know A.J. Preller loves this guy more than he's loved any player. He, he wants this guy more than any player that he's ever laid eyes on, right? And the Padres would have landed him, I think, if there was a DH back when he made that decision to sign with the Angels. But there wasn't. But now that there is a DH, I think he's going to be even more appealed to the Padres because he knows they have money to spend. It's still close to where he's living right now. And it's a contender. He wants to win. He doesn't want to just sit in Anaheim. And Mike Trout's probably a great teammate, but he just wants to sit there and not win, not be in contention. He would be in contention every year with the Padres. So he wants that. And there's other teams that can give that. But the Padres check Otani's boxes, I think. At least the boxes that we think that are on Otani's checklist. Like, what does he want? The Padres check boxes there. So maybe the Padres say, oh, let's get Otani and we'll let Soto go. Because I don't see them signing both. But I, I still don't want to rule it out. But I don't see them signing both. Uh, but... Look, I think there's going to be a ton of competition for Otani. Steve Cohen is going to try his best to bring Shohei Otani to New York. The Dodgers are going to try to have Otani, to get Otani, and he's right there with Anaheim. So maybe he goes to the Dodgers and he can stay in that house that he has and be comfortable there. Uh, but the Padres are going to try as well. If they don't get Otani, the good news is they still have Soto in a Padres uniform. And like I said, if the Padres want Juan Soto, they can get Juan Soto. Like, it's proven with this Aaron Judge contract offer that they were willing to give him, right? It's just a matter of, does Soto want to remain a Padre? I think. And Soto, he might not want to remain a Padre because, like, he's far away from family, stuff like that. But if you want to win consistently... Where else would you want to be signing that you think you're going to have a better chance to win consistently than the San Diego Padres? With Tatis here long-term, Bogarts here long-term, Manny here long-term, Darvish here for the next six years, Musgrove here for the next five years at least, Suarez here long-term, like Merrill coming up if he doesn't get traded, an owner that doesn't care if he loses money, he just wants to win, a GM that doesn't sleep and all he thinks about is improving this team now and in the future where else do you want to go you know but we don't know what Soto's ultimately thinking he's going to get paid either way like wherever he goes he's going to get paid all right i think that's all i wanted to talk about with the judge situation i mean also just imagining the judge lineup because i did i guess i did want to bring up this point are the padres better off without Aaron Judge. I'll get to that, but first... Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. So are the Padres better off without Aaron Judge? Because if they got Aaron Judge they would have paid him over $400 million, correct? Would that have taken them out of the Juan Soto contract talks? Maybe not, but I think their chances would have gone down to keep Juan Soto long-term 
because that's over $400 million they're giving to Judge, who's an outfielder. So you're committing long-term to a superstar outfielder. Are you going to do that again? They wouldn't have got Xander Bogarts, right? I think they would have still extended Manny. But take the 400 and you give it 280 of it to Bogarts. You give 100, what, six to Darvish? So that's less than $400 million. That's less than what you would have given Aaron Judge for Darvish long-term, for Bogarts for the next decade plus. And you got the Manny extension done. And you're going to have probably some more money left over from what you would have given Judge. Because it wouldn't have been just 400 it seems like. It would have been more than that. A little more money left over for maybe a Juan Soto extension. Maybe Otani. Or maybe they just, you know, you count that leftover money for the free agent additions from this past offseason. Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, Michael Walker, right? Guys like that. Bringing back Martinez, bringing back Suarez. I know they already they were already signed, but maybe you just put the money there. But maybe they're better off. What if Xander Bogarts ends up being healthier than Aaron Judge long term? Because Aaron Judge, a few years ago, right, he couldn't stay on the field. Is he going to be able to stay on the field for the majority of this next nine year contract that he's on starting this year? Who knows? He's not going to. He's probably not going to hit 60 home runs again. I'm not saying that he has to to live up to the contract, but that's probably not going to happen again. And the Padres, let's face it, they needed starting pitching long-term. And maybe they wouldn't have got the Darvish extension done if they would have signed Judge. Maybe they would have, because I'm not going to you know, count out Peter Seidler. But again, 280 to Bogarts. Over 100 to Darvish, that's less than what you would have given Judge. So you you had the money. Now that you didn't pay Judge, you had the money to pay to Darvish, right, for the next six years. They needed the pitching long-term. Musgrove was it, like long-term, right? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply in the rotation, Snell, free agent at the end of the year, before the Darvish extension. Darvish, free agent at the end of the year. Lugo and Martinez, those were like, what, one-year deals? There's, some, there's options there, but maybe one year. At the time, are you trusting the depth options to be multi-year guys and come up and be in the rotation long-term? Getting Aaron Nola next offseason in free agency, is not that wouldn't have been a guarantee. Maybe he gets extended by the Phillies. Because the Phillies are going to be a contender too. So 
bringing back Darvish and you have one of the best shortstops in baseball in Bogarts, a guy who has a track record of staying healthy, posting every day, consistency. I mean, I like that. I'm fine with that. I guess that's my point at the end of this. Like, let me know your thoughts. Do you think the Padres are better off without Aaron Judge because they're able to add multiple star players? I, I would have been fine, obviously, having Aaron Judge. But I'm just spinning it kind of positively here. Like, it's all right that they didn't get Aaron Judge. If they extend Soto long-term, then I think we're going to be good, right? If they don't, still have Tatis, Manny, and Bogarts long-term. That's pretty good, too, right? So, we'll see what happens there. Aaron Judge, a better player now than Vander Bogarts. But what is he going to be in year three or four of this contract? I don't know. That's still his prime, 33-34. He does work his butt off, it seems like. The work ethic's there. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying, if you look at his track record, 112 games in 2018, 102 games in 2019, 28 of the 60 games in 2020, and then he stayed healthy the last two years. Which, that's the best probably indicator of what someone's going to do in the future is what they did recently. But there is the track record there of not being able to stay healthy. And the Yankees babying him and not pay, playing him in the field every day for a week at times. Like, they weren't going to do that. The Padres can do that with Bogarts. They can do that with Manny. They can do that with Soto. Um, you look at Xander Bogarts' games. Much different compared to Judge. Let's start at 2018 like I did with Judge. 136 games. 155 in 2019. 56 of the 60 in 2020. 144 games 2021. 150 games this past season. He posts. He's not going to miss many games. Like, that's track record. Then you go to 2017, 148 games. 157 games in 2016. 156 games 2015. That's a, that's a long track record of staying on the field, being healthy, right? And Darvish, I think he'll age well. I mean, he works his butt off with how many pitches he has, and he's always studying the game. He's, he's eager to learn. Um, so Padres might be better off with what they did instead of getting Judge. Because over $400 million would have been a lot of money for Aaron Judge. I would have still been really, really happy that they got Aaron Judge. But having Bogarts, having Darvish long-term, having Tatis long-term, obviously, still. Manny long-term, locked up. Musgrove, right? That's not bad. Suarez, not bad, right? Okay, so that's the judge stuff. Padres, Ken Rosenthal with that piece. You can check that out at The Athletic. Good stuff there. A lot. He went into a lot of details um, with to Aaron Boone having a phone call that night of the Padres meeting. I think after Judge met with the Padres, Boone saying, before you decide, go talk to Hal Steinbrenner. And then later that night, Hal calls Judge, texts Judge, and then calls him. So it wasn't Judge having to make the phone call. It was Steinbrenner, and they got the deal done. A lot of good stuff in there.
Okay, so we covered that, obviously. Covered Padres Guardians today, 6-4 Padres 1. Uh, but the big news, I think, was the B game. Soto seems like everything's good. He's definitely on track to go to the WBC. I'd be surprised if he's not cleared to go to the WBC tomorrow based on what we saw on social media today from Kevin Acey and Sam Levitt. Just about Soto stealing bases, scoring, uh, playing left field. I know it's just a backfield game, but I think the reason they did that was just to be in a controlled environment in case something happens. Right, but seems like everything's good there. Joe Musgrove update. You know, yesterday I said that he was throwing on the field, but he wasn't landing. Today, there was video of him landing on that left foot. Instead of just having the left foot flat and just staying on the grass in the outfield, he was landing on that foot, and he was throwing pretty hard. So it seems like he's ahead of schedule, and all the hyperbaric chamber work has worked out four hours a day and all the treatment, the workouts, it's worked so far. So far. So hopefully he's ready by the sixth game of the season, if that's the Padres, if, if that's what they want to do. Have Musgrove start the sixth guy in the rotation, start as the sixth guy. I'm not counting him out still for the first time around the rotation. I don't think he's going to start opening day or the second game of the season, but I think the sixth game of the year, I think you could definitely see that. If he keeps working and it keeps progressing like this, because his arm is still in shape. Remember, he had those 150 medicine ball throw, medicine or weighted balls. I keep wanting to say medicine balls. Uh, weighted balls, 150 throws a day, even when he couldn't stand and throw like he has the past couple days. So his arm's in shape. It's more about pitching in games now, right? And making sure, obviously, the foot, that stuff doesn't linger, the toe, right? All right, I think that's, for now, all the Padres stuff that I wanted to get to. Quick check of Twitter. Uh, Jose Iglesias signing with the Marlins. I think they're in talks with Yuli Gurriel as well. All right. Any more comments on this? I don't see any more comments. Uh, World Series, not World Series, World Baseball Classic update real quick. So Padres update. And yes, Brisk, I, I do see that. Yep. I am going to opening day. Um, and the WBC is over March 21st, I believe. So WBC update. So Darvish, I think he's supposed to pitch for Team Japan tomorrow morning. At like 2 a.m. Hassan Kim, Team Korea, they were upset last night by Australia. What a wild game. Kim had a chance there late, and he popped out. He had, he had a ball, I think his first at bat. I thought that ball was definitely in the gap, left center, but it was caught. Um, made a really good play, bullet right at him, uh, first play of the game. But yeah, that was an up upset. Australia beating Korea, so Korea is trying to avoid getting in that 0-2 hole in their next game. Brett Sullivan for Italy, he, I believe, had a sack fly RBI, but Italy lost. No, Italy won. They, they, I think they won an extra innings this morning against Cuba. Cuba's 0-2. They have some big league talent on that team, but 
they are in a lot of danger to not even make it out of pool play. Uh, Team Netherlands, Xander, homered yesterday. I was I was excited watching that live. The first home run for Xander Bogarts playing as a Padre was him not as a Padre, if that makes sense. His first home run while he's under contact with the Padres was with Team Netherlands. So that'll be a cool trivia question, you know, a decade from now, uh, if people remember that. Home run to left field. He continues to make good defensive plays. I mean, I'm really impressed by what I'm seeing so far, running in on balls. I know that was game one. The play, the spinning play that he made to end game one the other day. And then yesterday, making some good plays as well in the hole, making sure to, to block balls, not allow them to get to the outfield, little stuff. He's performing really, really well in Netherlands. They are in a great spot, 2-0. and I think they have a day off because they played back-to-back the first two days of the tournament. But they're in the driver's seat to advance out of pool play. They're in the driver's seat to win their pool, which I think is the easiest pool in the World Baseball Classic. I mean, they don't have the U.S. They don't have the DR there. They don't have Canada, Mexico, Colombia, Puerto Rico, right? They have uh, Italy, they have Cuba, they have, I think, uh, is it Chinese Taipei? I think that's, I think they're in the Netherlands pool. Let me check here. Yeah, Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, Panama is the team I'm forgetting. Like, that's not a very strong pool. When Pool B, like Japan, they have to deal with Australia, they have to deal with China, I know they already beat them, but Korea, Pool C, Pool D, those are the best pools. USA has to deal with Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Pool D, DR has to deal with Puerto Rico, Venezuela, a lot of big league guys on that side of the bracket. So Xander, he's probably going to be playing for a while in this WBC, I would think. And on that side of the bra- or that pool, I'm obviously rooting for Netherlands. I'm rooting for Korea. Uh, oh, man, I don't know. I'm rooting for Korea when they're not playing Japan. I'd like to see Japan advance, though. Having Darvish on that team, having a, I, I just love watching Otani. I mean, I woke up today and watched the end of that Japan game with Otani. And, man, is he special or what? Like, let's not take this guy for granted. And that was, it's really cool watching him in the Japan atmosphere not 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 with the angels which is cool but to see him play in the tokyo dome like that because i'd never seen that at least live because i don't remember 2017 him playing in that i probably didn't even know who he was at that time uh but him in the tokyo dome chants for him the japan flags flying uh just the the trumpets the drum i think there were drums that i was hearing there it's just different. Like Japan, DR, the, the atmospheres are just different. And so I recommend you turning on one of those games or going, go watch the highlights. If you don't want to be up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I don't blame you, uh, but I know I'm, I'm, I'm a diehard baseball fan, so that's what diehard fans do is get up at 2 a.m. to watch a pool play World Baseball Classic game. Um, that doesn't even include Team USA or the DR or anything. Uh, but I would recommend at least go watch highlights. Like it's different. The environment, it's really cool. Um, any other Padres that I'm missing here? Nick Martinez, I think he's scheduled to still start against Mexico. 
in the second game for USA on Sunday. That game sold out. Um, Chris Matt starting game one for Columbia. I think their first game is Saturday, I want to say. I could be wrong. I think their first game Saturday. And then Soto, he's on track. As I said earlier, he's on track to go play for Team DR after playing on the backfield today. Manny, Cruz, they're already there. Cruz hit a home run in an exhibition game the other day as a pinch hitter, DH. Uh, he's the GM. So it's going to be cool watching Padres. Most of the Padres are getting going this weekend. Um, so yeah, there's a quick little WBC update. For the full WB WBC update, like my reaction to the games and different players on other MLB teams, not just Padres players or just Otani like I just touched on, go to my baseball YouTube channel, MLB YouTube channel, Baseball Struck, uh, and my reactions are there. I'm probably going to do daily reactions, just like the morning after certain games happen. Like today, I did uh, the reaction to the Japan game, Korea losing to Australia, Netherlands winning, Cuba losing, now they're 0-2. Um, so yeah, I recommend you go checking that out. And then during the season, it's going to be daily MLB content as well. It's not like it's just a WBC channel. No, it's a baseball channel. So I definitely recommend you check that out. Um, yeah, Preston, okay, he's in the same boat I am, getting up early, watching those games, staying up late, watching Netherlands. Yeah. I agree, Preston. WBC has been awesome to watch. Great atmosphere. Totally different. Tehran, oh, Preston, this is more about the Padres. Tehran has to make this team, right? Groom we have control over. But Tehran, we could lose if we don't add to the roster. Yeah, so if we don't add Tehran to the roster, then he could opt out and go sign somewhere else if another team is going to give him a starting opportunity or just a major league roster spot and the Padres aren't, then yeah, he would probably opt out and go to that team. So yeah, I think the Padres are going to think long and hard about having Tehran on the roster over someone like Groom, maybe. If Tehran can pitch well this spring. Um, same thing with Honeywell, like I talked about yesterday. If he doesn't make the roster, he has to pass through waivers before he can get optioned, I believe, to El Paso. So if that happens and he has a good spring, the Padres don't put him on the roster, I would think they're going to lose him to another team because another team will take on that contract. It's not a lot of money, and they'll take the upside. So, yeah, they're gonna, the Padres are going to think it's going to be hard. It's, there's going to be some hard decisions. Tehran, Honeywell, those are two unique cases about maybe why they'd make the roster even if, let's say, Jay Groom's pitching better than those two guys or one of those two guys. We'll see. And maybe maybe this whole six-starter thing, like maybe we, at the end of this month, we're going to be sitting here saying, well, we wasted a lot of time on that because Musgrove's going to be ready. So who knows? I mean, look, this Musgrove recovery, it's going really well, but who knows what's going to happen, you know, the next few weeks. That That's... A lot of a lot of different things could happen in the next few weeks, right? All right. Anyone watch the San Diego State game earlier today, huh? San Diego State, Colorado State, game one of the Mountain West Conference Tournament. San Diego State, they got the win 64 to 61. 
They were down 8 nothing to start this game. Slow start, but they came back. They had the lead at halftime. They were up five against Colorado State at one point late in the second half. They hit, excuse me, Colorado State hit two threes. One of them was just a miraculous three. Hit the rim, hit the backboard, hit the rim again, and then kind of toilet, toilet bowled, is that a term, into the basket, into, into the bottom of the net. That was frustrating. When that happened, it was like, okay, maybe this is like the Boise State game. Maybe it was just meant to be for Colorado State. But then, the pod, or excuse me, not the Padres, the Aztecs, they ended up going on to win. Ladie, he hit two free throws for the lead. Multiple leads and then didn't have the lead or it was tied. Um, Stevens had a chance at a layup after those uh, Ladie free throws. Seiko was guarding him. He missed the, re- missed the layup. Excuse me. Mensa got the rebound. Bradley, he passed it to Bradley. Bradley got the free throws, made free throws. Huge props to Bradley for making free throws because we know that's been a little bit of an Achilles heel for him in the past. I know it's not going to be a big deal if he misses them come tournament time. We're not going to remember this. We're going to just criticize what he does in tournament time. But as for now, you got to give him props for making those free throws. Uh, He probably has a lot more confidence now. Uh, So he made those free throws. That gave the Aztecs a 62-59 lead. Then there were a couple timeouts. Nathan Mensa got a defensive rebound. Um, and then there were fouls. Isaiah Stevens then got the ball. Made layup. Made the layup, excuse me. Which San Diego State, they, they I'm going through the play-by-play here. That's why I'm kind of going a little slow. Because uh, there were just so many things that happened there in the last like two minutes of the game. But Stevens made the, lay, the layup. San Diego State, they let him make the layup. They were up by three. They were just going to say, hey, as long as you don't take a three, we're good. Take the layup. We still have the lead. We'll make our free throws and win the game. And that's pretty much what happened. So Colorado State, they fouled. Mensa made one free throw. He missed one. Colorado State got the rebound. Isaiah Stevens had a chance at a good jump shot. Had a chance on Lamont Butler. Missed the shot. Uh, Colorado State got the rebound. Mensa, huge block because if he didn't block it in that situation, the game would have been tied. But he blocked it, and then there was a foul. The clock ran out, but then they went back to replay, and they saw that there was still time on the clock when Mensa was fouled. Mensa had free throws, missed a free throw but I believe he made a free throw as well. Yeah, he made one free throw, so that made it 64-61. It was 63-61, so 64-61, and then Colorado State had less than a second, I think it was, to go tie the game, and Isaiah Stevens had like a three-quarter, three-quarter court length shot to go tie the game at the buzzer to take it to overtime and keeps Colorado State's NCAA tournament hopes alive and it hit the rim you know Joel Embiid for the Sixers you know that one that didn't count a few weeks ago after Tatum hit that game winner uh, Embiid made that shot that's what it was with Isaiah Stevens but Stevens barely missed hit the uh, 
hit the, I think, left side of the rim. And Matt Bradley's face said it all at the end. He was like, it was just like a sigh of relief. Like, holy cow, he almost made that shot. But we won. That's all that matters. So San Diego State now, they advance. This is the 16th straight quarterfinal game, Mountain West Conference tourney that they have won. And now tomorrow they will play at 6.30 against San Jose State or Nevada, the winner of that game. And the Aztecs, if they wanted still to have at least a chance at a four seed, definitely five seed probably as well. They had to win today. If they would have lost to Colorado State, then they're probably looking at a six seed. I know that Aztecs fans, they're probably annoyed that San Diego State keeps playing these close games. It doesn't seem like they can make shots late in games unless it's free throws sometimes. And that's going to cost them in the tournament. But all it takes is to have a hot game and then that can turn around, right? Uh, and all that matters at this point in time, like I was saying in a text message earlier today with some family, like, can San Diego State win a game comfortably? Like, once, please? Uh, they might have done it against Wyoming, but it seems like every game it's it's close. There's no blowouts here. But at this point in time, I can also sit here and say, well, all that matters is that they're winning these games, right? It doesn't matter. Right now, yeah, they're playing for seeding in this tournament because they're already in the NCAA tournament. But for them, their goal, I don't think they're looking at, oh, well, what does this win do for our seeding right now? The coaching staff, the players, what they care about right now is winning the Mountain West Conference Tournament this weekend. And you do that by winning the games. I don't know if you knew that, but by just winning all the games. If you win by one all the games, you still win the conference tournament. It doesn't matter how pretty it is, how ugly it is. So San Diego State won, and maybe they go blow out whoever they play tomorrow, and that would be great. But as long as they keep winning, then you got to feel a little, at least a little bit good about the Aztecs team chances of advancing in the NCAA tournament when they get there, at least winning a game. Because Brian Dutcher, it's just a fact, he has not been able to do that yet as the head coach at San Diego State. So that's what the Aztecs have to do, is win an NCAA tournament game. And as long as they do that, then I think Aztecs fans are going to be pretty happy at least about this season. I think they can get to the Sweet 16, but... These close games do worry you a little bit. But again, like I said, they're winning these games. That's all that matters. And I'm happy that they got the win, right? I got a, uh, I was clapping at the end there when they won because it's the joy of winning, right? In the moment, you don't sit there and be like, oh, man, they weren't making field goals at the end. They barely won against Colorado State. Dang it. No, you're happy because they won, right? So again, tomorrow, San Diego State, either against uh, excuse me, San Jose State or Nevada. I would probably rather play San Jose State, although Nevada, I mean, they've got a good team too. All right, let's finish it up here with some questions in the chat. Yeah. Bro, I can't believe a Zokar homered. Yeah. I think that's his first home run in a Padres uniform. I think Kevin Ac said that earlier today. I thought he homered once last year. 
it was it an inside the park home run? Maybe I'm thinking of another player last year. I thought he got one. No, no home runs. Okay. It is spring training. It's not it's not like, oh, Jose Zocar has power now. It is Arizona. Like, let's take it with a little bit of grain of salt. Yeah, I agree, Chris. The Japan game was so fun to watch. Incredible baseball atmosphere. Oh, I might have already gotten to that comment. If I did, I, I apologize. Uh, Preston says, I'm concerned Musgrove is rushing back and altering his delivery or how he throws. I'm not. I'm not concerned with that because Joe is, he's a, he's a smart guy. He's one of the leaders on this team. And he knows, like, he wants to get back. He wants to make every start in this five-year contract. But he even told the media, he told Kevin AC, I think it was earlier in the month when the injury happened or during this rehab process, he was pretty much like, hey, if I, I know if I have to miss a start or two, then I'll miss a start or two if that means that this doesn't go, you know, continue throughout the season. Like That's essentially what he said. I'm not quoting, but that's pretty much what he said. He's a smart guy. He's not going to alter his delivery. Um, I think you're, maybe you're worried because he's already throwing now and that's maybe ahead of schedule, but it's not a bad thing that he's ahead of schedule. It's because he's worked his butt off to be ahead of schedule and done some things that probably some guys wouldn't have done in spring training. And they would have just been okay with, eh, I'll be out for a few weeks, won't throw, I'll miss a few starts to start the year, whatever. But Joe's not that, right? He's ultra competitive, wants to be there for his team. And he's not just going to sit there and take in the money and not work, right? That's not who he is. He cares about this organization. He wants to be out there. And he's a competitor. And that's just what he does. So I'm not concerned about it. Some fans might be. And I understand why. But it's a good thing that he's back early. It's not like he's rushing back. I don't think. If he was rushing back, he would have probably been out throwing the next day, to be honest. Uh, John Wells says, if spring training ended today and you were the coach, what would your whole opening day roster and lineup be? I'll do an opening day roster projection, a second one. I did one before spring training started. I'll do another one probably within the next couple weeks, and then I'll do one before the opening day final roster is announced. Uh, but my lineup right now would probably be on opening day. Let me write it down so I'm, I'm not missing anyone. I'd go Bogey, Ma uh, Soto, Manny, um, I already feel like I'm missing someone, but I'm not. Crony. Well, is I don't know if it's a lefty or a righty on the mound. But I'll just, I, I'm, let's just say it's Marquez on the mound, a righty. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five. We'll go Bogart, Soto, Manny, Crony, Carpenter, Kim. Kim, uh, Dahl, because the righty's on the mound. Nola Grisham. 
Okay. I'm going to read this to you again. For the podcast audience, sorry for the pauses. Um, but I'm just writing all the names down, all the positions. Because that is a good question. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, I named nine. Okay, good. Don't want to forget anyone. So what I would do is right now I'd go Bogarts leading off at shortstop. You go Soto in left hitting second. I'd go Manny hitting third, playing third. Crony at first playing, or at first hitting fourth. Uh, hitting fifth, Carpenter DHing because it's a righty on the mound, let's say. Kim at second base hitting sixth. Dahl hitting seventh in right, lefty against a righty. Nola catching, batting eighth, and then Grish in center batting ninth. And I, I love Grish in that nine hole right now, the way he's playing, his aggressiveness, being a second leadoff guy to Bogarts. Uh, you have a hot Grisham, and then Bogarts, Soto, Manny, Crony. I mean, good luck, right? So again, I'd go Bogarts, Soto, Manny, Crony, Carpenter, Kim, Dahl, Nola, Grisham. If it's against like Herman Marquez on opening day, that's what I would do right now. If it's a lefty, then you probably sub in Angle, assuming he's going to be healthy for Dahl. And you probably put Nola ahead of. Maybe you don't. Yeah, maybe Angle still hits seven. Maybe it's just the same. You just replace um, Dahl with Angle. And then you put Nelson Cruz in there for Carpenter. But the rest of the lineup would be the same. Good question. Uh, Lizzie, by the way, if you just in the future, if you're new here, if you want to support the channel, make sure I get to your comment. You can use that super chat button during live streams. In the comment section, you can use the super thanks button. I appreciate everyone's support, even if you don't do that. If you're just in here listening on the podcast platforms or watching on YouTube live or on replay, I really do appreciate everyone tuning in here and talking about the Padres, talking San Diego sports. I love chatting up with you guys. Uh, Lizzie says, who do you put in right field opening day? I know it's early, but Dahl and Azokar look good. Yeah, I don't want to say that, uh, I don't want to give Azokar the edge right now because Angle, I haven't seen Angle play in spring training games. I'm assuming he's going to be ready by opening day. So I would say Dahl against righties, and I'd say Angle against lefties in right field. And Soto's in left, and Grish is in center. Yeah, Preston, yeah. I have, uh, I just answered that. Angle platooning with Dahl in right, for now. If if he's going to be slowed down by the calf, then I'd be fine having a Zokar there. I think Angle's just a better version of a Zokar. Both have speed, both are good defensively. Angle has more power. He has more potential to do damage offensively. So that's how I'd answer that. One more San Diego sports note. San Diego Loyal, they kick off their season on Saturday. There's a piece in the Union Tribune going over some um, storylines to watch and just kind of like a, a good preseason all you need to know, I guess, piece about Landon Donovan not being the head coach anymore, stepping into more of an elevated role, uh, the assistant coach taking over as the head coach, new players, 
players returning, new kits. So you can check that out. But just wanted to put that out there. Saturday, San Diego Loyal, their first match. Sorry, if I said game, my bad. In soccer, it's match. Uh, but yeah, Saturday at 7 o'clock, they played Detroit, Detroit City. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars, episode 359. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Go Padres. And I'll talk to you guys later. See ya.